0: Welcome to Leading and Learning. My name is David Spell, and this is the podcast where we talk about practical leadership, team building, theology, and how to create winning habits. I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. And don't forget to stick around until the very end of the episode for this week's Productivity Tip of the Week. Now today we're going to be talking about driving in Brazil. As some of you know, my wife Annie and I are missionaries in Curitiba, Brazil. Uh, We moved here in 2012 to help with uh, leadership development as well as to uh, help facilitate the planting of new churches. And and I thought it might be interesting. This is actually something I get asked about fairly regularly. What's it like to drive in another country? Now, granted, Brazil is pretty tame. Coming from the horrific traffic of Atlanta, driving in Curitiba has actually been a pleasant surprise. The traffic in Curitiba is not nearly as bad as it is in Atlanta. There are some cities in Brazil, though, that are legendary for their traffic issues, Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro are known to have some of the worst traffic conditions in the world. and I've been in both of those cities, I've driven in both of those cities, and it's no exaggeration. It's an absolute nightmare trying to get anywhere during rush hour in Sao Paulo or Rio. Now, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in those cities, especially in Rio, when the Olympics come in 2016. There's really no way to expand the roads because of the way the city's laid out. So uh, so seeing how they handle that will be very, very interesting. But it is different, even though Curitiba is not nearly as bad as some other places that I've been in. There are some things that I've noticed that are definitely different and definitely interesting and uh, definitely worth mentioning. First of all, stop signs are completely optional. Now, I'll say this. Most people at least take their foot off the gas pedal as they approach a stop sign. They might even tap on the brake if there's a car coming. But to actually stop? No, not really. Now, they might if there's a tanker truck bearing down on them. They might consider stopping, but that's about it. Now, as a retired police officer, I find this next one very interesting. It's the fact that the police do not really do traffic enforcement in Brazil. Now, you know, you think about being out on the interstate and, and, and riding along and watching your speed because there's always that chance that a state trooper is going to get you with his radar gun or his laser gun and stop you and give you a ticket and it's going to cost you a lot of money and your insurance is going to go up and it's just going to be a bad day. But in Brazil, they don't do it like that what they do is they actually have random radar cameras set up throughout the city. Now, there's big signs that tell you where these cameras are at so that you can slow down to less than 40 kilometers an hour. Uh, If you go past the radar faster than that, the machine takes a picture of your tag, and then they mail you a ticket. And once you're past the machine, though, you can pretty much drive as fast as you want. And, uh, and I know this works from experience because I got two of these tickets not long after we moved to Brazil. Um, they were both in 60-kilometer, uh, mile-an-hour zones. Uh, one time I was doing 67 kilometers an hour, and I think the other time I was doing 68 or 69 uh, kilometers an hour. So there's not a lot of grace there. And, um, you know, they sent you a ticket in the mail, and you just have to send in the fine. So that's kind of how they do traffic enforcement in Brazil. The third thing that I think is very, very interesting about driving in Brazil is the fact that they have speed bumps everywhere, just kind of randomly distributed around the city, even on the interstate. Now, think about the chaos if they tried this in the United States. Imagine the rush hour commute if there were speed bumps on the interstate. Now, thankfully, there aren't that many on the interstates in Brazil, but there are some, especially as you approach the cities. And they do have signs, usually, telling you where they are, because the last thing in the world you'd want to do is hit one of these things at 70 or 80 miles an hour and do an X-game st- stunt in your car. And, uh, and I've hit a couple of them pretty fast, and um, it, does, uh, it does create quite, a, quite an adventure. Um, Another thing that's interesting about driving in Brazil are motorcycles. Now, as best I can figure, a lot of the people that ride motorcycles in Brazil are the same kind of people that enjoy a nice, relaxing game of Russian roulette. Motorcyclists here drive absolutely crazily. I've never in my life seen so many people Come so close to dying every day, the motorcyclists here drive between cars, cut in and out of traffic, and they take chances that leave even other Brazilians and especially the occasional foreigners shaking their heads. motorcycles are are uh, probably one of the biggest hazards for traffic in Brazil. In fact, the number of motorcyclists killed yearly in accidents in Brazil is so high that the government has started an educational campaign, an awareness campaign, in an effort to get them to drive with more care. So you'll see some public service announcements on TV and on billboards trying to get motor- motorcyclists to slow down and quit cutting between cars and, and, and cutting in and out of traffic because uh, it's, it's actually becoming very fatal for so many of them. Another interesting thing about driving in Brazil are are the pedestrians. Pedestrians do not have the right-of-way in Brazil. Now, when I asked my Brazilian friend what that meant, he said, matter-of-factly, well, you'll get run over. The cars will not stop for you. Now, of course, I thought he was just kidding. That is, until I was crossing the street. I looked both ways, and the only car was about a block away plenty of time to get across the street. I was halfway to the other side when I heard the car accelerate towards me. He actually sped up when he saw me in the road. Now, maybe it was just a coincidence, but I'm not taking any chances after that. Another thing that I find fascinating about driving in Brazil is is what I like to call commercials for when you're sitting in traffic. Sometimes, if you stop at a traffic light, you'll actually see a couple of girls run out into the street holding a long banner. They'll have one girl on each end holding this banner, and they'll unfurl it, and it'll be advertising a local restaurant, a bar, an auto repair shop, or something like that. And they have the light timed, and they'll stand there so everybody in the traffic can see this banner And they'll stand there until just a few seconds before the light changes, and then they'll roll it up real quickly and run back to the sidewalk. And then when the light turns red again, they do the same thing. That's their job. Commercials from when you're sitting in traffic. People also try and sell you things while you're sitting in traffic. Um, You pull up to a traffic light, and, and you'll have people come and try and sell you candy and cookies or You know, mobile phone chargers. My favorite is Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, I guess when he's not making Fast and Furious movies, um, needs to make some some extra money. And he sells towels almost every day at a certain intersection near our apartment. Vin's normal sales attire attire, is a white tank top and jeans. Now, granted, it might not really be Vin Diesel, but it sure looks like him. It might be his long-lost Brazilian twin brother. But when the light turns red and the traffic stops, Vin walks down the line of cars trying to sell people a towel. Now I've only seen him make a few towels, but he is persist- make a few sales. But he is persistent. He's out there every day. Personally, I've never had a need to, to buy a towel or towel off while I was sitting in traffic. But now it's your turn. I'd love to hear about some of your driving adventures. Have you had some some interesting experiences driving in other countries or even driving in the U.S.? Go to davidspell.com and leave your question or your comment in the comment section for today's post. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I publish three blog posts a week and subscribing will ensure that you don't miss a single issue. Subscribing will also allow you to receive my subscribers only newsletter that I send out once a month. I was a police officer for almost 30 years just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. I had an incredible career and some amazing adventures. You know, if you want to hear about some crazy driving stories and some other great adventures, check out my book, Street Cop. It's full of true police stories that you will love. Now, some will disturb you and others might even make you laugh, but they'll definitely give you a first person account of what life is like behind the badge. And I'll include a, a link to Street Cop in the show notes for today's post. Now it's time for this week's productivity tip of the week. Do you keep a calendar? I find that if I don't schedule things and enter them into my calendar, they may not get done. I'm always surprised by the number of people who don't keep a written or digital calendar. And often it's these same people that forget an important appointment or a, a lunch date or they double schedule things. I find that knowing what my week looks like by being able to look at my calendar, by knowing what my day looks like by being able to look at my calendar is very important. Now some people prefer to keep a paper calendar, that's great. I kept one for years. Um, Now I use the calendar that's on my iPad. It syncs automatically with my phone and my computer. Now how do you schedule your life? Do you keep a calendar? Do you make notes? How do you keep up with what's going on in your life? If you're not keeping a calendar, I suggest you start one and see how it helps you stay organized. Now, as we close today, can I ask for a small favor? Would you take just a moment and go to iTunes and give Leading and Learning a review? Good reviews help us get our content to a larger audience of people just like you. So until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.